Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and today I identify as pissed off. And let me go ahead and tell you why. Because Joe Biden is set to address America tomorrow in regards to his next phase two pandemic response. So who knows what ungodly hell he is going to be releasing onto the American public. We'll find out tomorrow. On top of that, we now have scientists finally deciding to research the long-term effects of the COVID jab on the uh, citizens that have already been subjected to it. And then finally, people are being faced with three choices. They can either get vaccinated, they can succumb to weekly testing, or they can go home without pay. Yes, we now live in a country where if you make a medical decision regarding your own body, you can now be punished for it. And the government or, you know, businesses can take money out of your pocket and literally stop you from paying your bills. So welcome to America in 2021. And I do want to recap how we got to this point and who our government is and what they actually think. Who are the people that are running America and dictating what we all think and feel every single day? I've been seeing a lot of tweets like this one go around. Oh, my gosh, it's never going to end. The masks, the vaccine passports, the medical authoritarianism. I've known it for a while, but it's really sinking in. A lot of people are waking up to the fact that we really are never getting out of this. This is a Norm normalcy now for America. That's why they were pushing this whole concept of the new normal to try to get everyone to accept face masks all the time, lockdowns, the government infringing on our rights. And this woman is right. It will never end until the American people decide that it's time for it to end. But from what I've seen, you know, over the past two years, people are finally getting tired of this. They're getting weary of the COVID response, yada, yada. But Joe Biden will most likely still go in front of America tomorrow and tell us that we need to wear our masks and social distance, you know, six, maybe three feet, who knows, whatever the CDC decides to do that day, because we all know they just flow whichever way the wind blows. I mean, who knows what's going to come out of Joe Biden's mouth tomorrow? He doesn't even know what's going to come out of his mouth because he doesn't write his own speeches. And it was really funny because in this CNN article, it talks about, too, how Biden is set to deliver a major speech in the next phase of pandemic response, sources say. And in this article, they say, well, he could have talked about it, you know, today, but uh, he might talk about it tomorrow. It's really up in the air because uh, no one really knows when Joe Biden's actually going to uh, address the nation or really do anything. So refresh your course really quickly. Let's take a peek at the U.S. government right now. And again, understand who is ruling the American people with a couple of quick headlines and articles like this one from the Daily Caller. White House requests a $30 billion for resettling Afghans and natural disaster recovery. Now, the continuing resolution of Congress is asking for $6.4 billion specifically for helping Afghan refugees with resettlement. On top of that, roughly 65,000 Afghans are expected to arrive in the U.S. by the end of September, NPR noted, over the next 12 months, around 30,000 more are expected to arrive in the country. So we have a president in office right now who not only abandoned Americans in Afghanistan, but is now requesting, again, let me make sure I say this number correctly, $6.4 billion of our taxpayer money to help with Afghan resettlement while we still have Americans who are being held hostage by the Taliban. That's the American government in 2021, but let's keep going. Let's go ahead and take a peek at our elected officials. Some of the people in Congress that are making very important decisions, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who today tweeted out um, in response to a Daily Mail article that reads, AOC calls women menstruating people while explaining the female body. And AOC responds and says, not just women, trans men and non 
non-binary people can also menstruate. Some women also don't menstruate for many reasons, including surviving cancer that required a hysterectomy. GOP is mad at this, and they're protecting their patriarchal idea that women are the most valuable as uterus holders. And then she goes on to say, trans, two-spirit, and non-binary people have always existed and will always exist. People can stay mad about that if they want, or they can grow up. So those are the people in Congress right now that are, you know, a part of leading the country. Good on AOC. I'm so glad that she's standing up for non-binary and trans people. She's a big advocate for all of these people, except for the ones in, uh, you know, Afghanistan. She was very, very quiet about Joe Biden's response and uh, you know, the entire U.S. government saying, yeah, the Taliban is a, a terrorist group that kills women if they, uh, you know, show their hair or if they don't listen to their male chaperone. But we're not going to pay attention to that because women's rights in other countries and here in America only matter when it's convenient for us. That's that's just some of our Congress people. Let's keep going. The State Department, going back to the Taliban and keeping on this subject, is has voiced concern over the all-male Taliban government, you guys. Again, I'm just really trying to highlight our priorities here in America, okay? $6.4 billion for resettling Afghan refugees. On top of that, the State Department on Tuesday is expressing concern over the makeup of the new interim Afghan government announced by the Taliban, including the lack of female leaders in the past action of some of these top appointed posts. Oh, I mean, the Taliban, you know, some of the people that they have announced to be their leaders, they're just really, really mean. And the State Department does not like at all that there is not inclusivity in their government and that, you know, there's not enough female leaders over there. We're really going to take them to task and make sure that they have an inclusive government over there. OK, I mean. Forget about all the people stranded over there. Forget about the fact that Joe Biden accidentally bombed innocent Afghan, uh, you know, people and killed some children. Forget about the fact that that was a completely botched withdrawal. What is the State Department focused on? The all-male Taliban government. It's just so gross and non-inclusive. And I'm so glad that our government is really prioritizing the important things in society. On top of that, we have NPR tweeting this out today because uh, Robert E. Lee's statue has been removed in Virginia. Virginia officials are now replacing objects from that time capsule that was stored inside the base of the Robert E. Lee statue. And among the new items are a kente cloth worn at the 400th commemoration of 1619, an LGBT pride pin, and an expired vial of a COVID vaccine. Why? Because that's what we prioritize here in America, the gays and the 1619 project, which is essentially a rewrite of history to, you know, really reinstill into every single American mind that white people are bad and this entire country was built on the backs of slavery and black people just can't make it in this country at all. So thank God for the kente cloth. Thank God for the expired, expired vial of the COVID vaccine just to really mark the horrendous horrible two years that we all went through together to get through this pandemic. Thank God we had Dr. Fauci leading the charge. Yes, Dr. Fauci, the same guy who um was maybe found out to be lying about his gain-of-function research. Yeah, you know how Rand Paul was talking about that back in May? Yeah, some interesting documents came out. But let's not focus on that, guys, because that's not important. What is important and what National Public Radio really wants us to focus on today is Kente Claus and the LGBT pride pin that is now in a time capsule to really commemorate what America is really about. And uh, let's check in on the economy, too, and let's see how Joe Biden has been doing with all of that, because, um, you know, we like to talk about it here a lot, that um, inflation rates are going up. Well, um, the White House director of the National Economic Council had this to say in regards to uh, some of the inflation rates, some of the, you know, rising food costs and prices. This is what he had to say. The context here is 
the focus, uh, the appropriate focus on the question of grocery prices um, and the increase in grocery prices that we have seen recently over the last uh, couple of months. Um, and if we if we unpack that, uh, one of the interesting findings of the report that we put out today is that about half of the overall increase in grocery prices can be attributed to a significant uh, increase in prices in three products, in uh, beef, in pork, and in poultry. And in beef and in pork, we've seen double-digit increases in prices over the last uh, couple of months. Um, in fact, if you look at the category that uh, is grocery prices, what economists call food at home, so food that is being uh, purchased uh, to eat at home, um, in a number of areas we've seen, if you take out those three categories, we've actually seen inc uh, price increases that are more in line with Okay, so the point of this video, and as Tom Elliott points out, the uh, Biden administration's, again, White House Director of the National Economic Council on skyrocketing grocery prices. If you take out beef, pork, and poultry, the price increases are more in line with those historical norms. So guys, just stop eating beef, pork, and poultry, and then you won't have to really experience those inflation rates. I mean, come on, just cut out meat entirely. Who even really eats meat in this country? Am I right, guys? So just kind of ignore the inflation rates and skyrocket rocketing prices there. I'm so glad the economy is doing really well. On top of that, let's go ahead and check in on some of these celebrities that are propped up by various politicians and do dictate and guide how the younger generation in our country thinks. Demi Lovato came out today and said, uh, be a slut, make porn, be kinky. And she's promoting prostitution. This is from the Daily Wire. And uh, that is our celebrities. That's our modern day. I was reading a headline from Paul Joseph Watson that he retweeted to today that said um, this woman accidentally went to a swingers party on a first date and slept with 50 men. And she said it was an empowering experience and she felt really good after it. OK, and then we have celebrities like Demi, who, uh, again, identifies as a they them because she's clearly very mentally all there, mentally capable. She does not have any issues in her life. She identifies as they them and she's now telling her followers to be a slut, make porn, be kinky and promote prostitution. So great. We all know what the left stands for, right? Exactly. Which is why it's so funny when, you know, bringing it back to our government, AOC says Christian extremists are passing forced birth laws to intimidate and cut off abortion services. And of course, she's talking about that heartbeat bill that was passed here in Texas. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because you literally have Demi Lovato out here talking about how you should be a slut, you should be a prostitute, it's super empowering, and the left likes to pretend that they don't use abortion as birth control, but you're telling me in the same breath that you don't use abortion as birth control, but you're promoting promiscuity, you're promoting being a damn slut and spreading your legs wide open for everyone to hear and see... And, and then you're calling people who advocate to save innocent babies' lives and not use abortion as birth control Christian extremists. So that is where our society is currently at, and that is the government that is running us. And it's no wonder why we're seeing headlines like this one from the Washington Examiner that read, China threatens to send warships inside U.S. territorial waters. And I love to focus in on China because China is who we should be watching and focusing on because China right now is doing everything in their power to make sure their citizens are as testosterone filled as possible. They're not focusing in on video games. China is really pushing communism on their people and really trying to instill this sense of nationalism in their country. And their Xi Jinping is literally telling the people in China right now, prepare for hard times because tensions are rising with the U.S. And we have seen them, you know, um, 
kind of encroaching on Taiwan right now. They already took over Hong Kong. China has literally told U.S. officials on U.S. soil that we do not have grounds to speak to them because we're not speaking to them from a point of power or a position of power. So China views us as a laughingstock, and now we're seeing them threatening to send warships inside U.S. territorial waters. And why are we seeing that? Because China does not fear us, and China is going to come in and try to take over the U.S. because, you know, typically that's what these other countries try to do. And um, it would be a very easy thing to do, especially when we don't have a leader who knows what's going on. A lot of people keep circulating right now that ice cream is really good for dementia patients, and they're like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we always see those pictures of Joe Biden kind of just munching on ice cream all the damn time. The media is fixated on it. Is it chocolate chip? Is it vanilla, Joe? <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. So that's our government. And that's how we've gotten to the point where we have late night talk show hosts like Jimmy Kim Kimmel mocking the unvaccinated and saying that they should be refused ICU beds. Let's go ahead and watch this quick clip from Kimmel just so we can really understand, um, you know, what these elitists think of those of us who want to have body autonomy. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. I, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in, we'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're Gobbled horse goo. Come on, guys. If you're gobbling horse goo, aka ivermectin, which has been used in humans for decades now, and uh, you know the creator of ivermectin has won Nobel Peace Prizes. No, it's just horse goo now. And if you take it, you're an idiot. And please don't take up the ICU beds for the people who may need it. Okay, guys. And again, too, just to really reiterate and highlight what's going on in this country, because ICU beds are overrun, hospitals are overwhelmed. Uh, Elijah Schaefer points out if hospitals were actually at a breaking point due to COVID alone, they wouldn't be firing doctors and nurses for not taking the jab. FYI, ICUs are regularly at or near capacity around the country simply due to seasonal infections and common diseases. This is before COVID too. And just because we want to make sure that we're being factually correct, let's go ahead and read this article from Yahoo News back in July of this year. Nurses fired for not getting COVID-19 vaccine. Explain the rationale. More than 100 staff members at Houston Methodist Hospital who were fired for refusing to get vaccine vaccinated for COVID-19 appealed the judge's ruling that sided with the hospital's right to terminate their employment. So there you guys go. We've seen the pictures being circulated and we've seen the nurses out on the street literally protesting for their jobs, for their right to pay their bills because our hospitals are so overrun that the same nurses that, you know, should be in said hospitals because, you know, it's a 911 emergency at all time you know, simultaneously while that's happening, they're also being fired for making their own decision not to get vaccinated. So just a reiteration of what's going on in our country on that front. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel is not the only person basically calling the unvaccinated unworthy of health care at this point. We also have Joy Behar of The View implying that unvaccinated COVID patients don't deserve medical help since they've chosen to listen to the lies on Fox News. Far-left co-host of The View, Joy Behar, on Wednesday's show implied that unvaccinated COVID-19 patients don't deserve medical help because they've chosen to defy the science and have chosen to listen to the lies on Fox News, all while patients with other needs can't get hospital beds. Oh, gosh, guys, I really just, you know, they're really right. The people in this country 
that are unvaccinated. We are filling up all the ICU beds and we really need to stop being selfish. And we really need to start listening to the true media like Brian Stelter, who says an unvaccinated minority that doesn't watch the news or trust the news is putting the unvaccinated majority at undue risk. There's no way around that reality. And uh, Jack Posobiec put this tweet up with um, this very healthy picture of a very healthy looking Brian Stelter, who is clearly overweight here. So remember, guys, please take your medical advice from overweight members of the media who are constantly being fact-checked themselves and lie on lie on lie on lie. I've seen it before. We've talked about it on my show various times, but please take your health advice from somebody who literally looks like a human potato. And no, I'm not trying to be rude. That's just the truth. And if you guys did think that this was about health and it wasn't just about punishing the unvaccinated, then explain this headline to me from the New York Post. Rutgers bars unvaccinated student from attending virtual classes. A New Jersey student said he is barred from taking classes at Rutgers University because he has not been vaccinated, even though he's only studying virtually from home. Uh, Apparently, he was locked out of his Rutgers email and related accounts when he went to pay his tuition at the end of last month and was told that he needed to be vaccinated, even though he had no plans to attend in person. So just a reiteration about how this is really about everybody's health. If you are taking a virtual class, well, the COVIDs can spread through your Wi-Fi, okay? So I really need everyone to focus in on the science. Come on, guys, let's rally together and make sure we are keeping each other safe virtually by getting vaccinated. Thank you very much. Now, I also read this story of another student. Uh, A mom is calling for changes to school policies after losing her son to COVID. And I just want to go ahead and play a little bit of this video so we can have some visual representation of this mother and her son. Let's go ahead and listen to this quick clip. We couldn't even talk to her inside her house. Now, what Jennifer Helms says is the worst moment of her life. I just want to hold him. Jennifer just lost her 13-year-old son, Porter Helm, to COVID-19 yesterday. That's horrible. Okay. So to my podcast listeners, I'm going to describe what this child looks like, and I'm going to try to be somewhat empathetic because it is very sad that this mother lost her 13-year-old son. But when I see pictures like this, and in this article, she's calling for schools to be shut down until all kids can be vaccinated. So I'm going to try to be as compassionate as possible when I'm talking about this story. But to my podcast listener, this 13-year-old boy is obese. He is morbidly overweight. And his mother, who is currently on oxygen right now, is also obese. She's in her home right now trying to recover from COVID. She's on oxygen because she is obese and her son is obese. And now she is calling for all schools to be shut down and children to be forced to stay home because she did not care about her son's health enough to actually feed him properly and make sure that he was not overweight. So I'm sorry if this is a callous thing to say, but ma'am, you killed your son because you fed him unhealthy food and you refused to take responsibility of your health or your son's health. So do not punish the American people for that. And again, if that's a callous thing to say, well, honestly, I've run out of compassion for these types of people who are trying to force every single child to get vaccinated, school to be shut down because they refuse to take personal responsibility and they are killing their own children by stuffing them full of Twinkies and free donuts. So that's all I'm going to say on that story. These are the people that are trying to keep us shut down because they refuse to get off of their ass and go to the gym. And again, 
This mother lost her 13-year-old son, and that in itself is a tragedy. But the bigger tragedy is that this could have been avoided, and the media keeps on doing this thing where they're manipulating headlines to say that these healthy teenagers are just randomly dying from, you know, this very, very dangerous virus, when in reality they are morbidly obese. So maybe we should be focusing on the obesity problem in this country instead of locking down those that are healthy. Maybe we should start pushing personal responsibility. And if you want to mandate something, maybe we should start mandating salads, supplements, and um, I don't know, daily workouts. But that's just my two cents on that one. And the reason I'm so heated today is because headlines like this one have just come out. It's vaccine or test for NYPD or go home without pay. Um, Apparently, unvaccinated members of the NYPD will soon have to provide a negative COVID-19 test or be sent home without pay. The Post has learned. The new guidelines, which fall in line with Mayor Bill de Blasio's executive order on coronavirus protocols for city workers in response to the highly contagious Delta variant, go into effect on Monday. So apparently, um, those who have not gotten jabbed yet must get a PCR or rapid PCR test every seven days and upload the results to an internal tracking system or Anyone who fails to comply with this directive will not be permitted to work and will be ineligible to receive pay for each day of non-compliance. So if you refuse to get this vaccine, which is barely being researched now, we're going to get into those articles here in a second, then you are going to be forced to take a COVID uh, test every week or you're going to be sent home without pay. Now, I was, um, you know, driving around Fort Worth the other day and there was a COVID testing site and there was so many cars just wrapped around this little tent where people were just getting tested from their cars. And I was like, why are there so many people getting tested? And I realized it's because a large amount of the population do not want to get the jab. They still want to have body autonomy. They just want some research into this. They just want to know how it's going to affect them long term. But they refused that. They say, hey, if you don't want to get it, then you're going to be subjected to these tests. Or guess what? You can't pay your bills anymore. Even though we see... um, videos like this one coming out from the governor of West Virginia. Let's go ahead and listen to this quick clip here. Stats now about uh, what's going on in West Virginia, but uh, West Virginia is seeing a 26% increase in positive cases of people that are fully vaccinated over the last eight weeks. We'll read that one more time. West Virginia is seeing a 26% increase in positive cases in people that are fully vaccinated and a 21% increase in breakthrough cases requiring hospitalization for people that are fully vaccinated. We have also seen a 25% increase in deaths of people that are fully vaccinated over the last eight weeks. Now, that's not a 25% increase of of the total numbers or whatever. It is a 25% increase of deaths of people that are fully vaccinated over the last eight weeks. So there you guys go. People are now being forced to get this. And I will say forced because... Not many people want to be subjected to weekly testing. I've heard that the actually I have had the COVID test myself because I went to go get my tonsils removed and they told me unless I want to get my surgery, I have to get tested for it. And so um, 
I got that done last year. It's not a pleasant test. Okay. They stick a huge ass Q-tip up your nose. It's very uncomfortable. Not many people want to be subjected to that. But, um, you know, if you make the personal decision again to not get jabbed because scientists and researchers are just now looking into the long-term effects of this, well, now you can't have a paycheck. Now you can't pay your bills. Now you can't be a part of civil society. And then we have all of these great celebrities that are, you know, in our ear reminding us that we are unworthy of health care at this point. We're unworthy of being able to pay our bills. And they're trying everything in their power to push us out of public life. So just an example of um, where we've gotten to as a country. I hate to see it. I really do. So I was just talking about West Virginia, right? In West Virginia, we're seeing these statistics, but people are still being forced into making this decision. And America isn't the only one doing this either. If we go to Canada, uh, in Quebec, they will be putting all unvaccinated workers in health and social services on suspension without pay. This decision comes as the health minister laments the shortages of nurses. In that headline read Montreal, the government announced that all health and social service workers in Quebec must be fully vaccinated by October 15th or face suspension without pay. And Lauren Chen, who is from Canada, highlights that and points that out. Because remember, guys, our hospitals worldwide are so overwhelmed that that we are literally firing nurses who uh, are willing to work but are unvaccinated. So, uh, you know, if you guys needed any more understanding of how scientific a lot of these decision-making processes are and how about our health they are, there you guys go. Let's also take a peek at Australia too and um, look at some of the guidelines they have in place for their people if they don't want to get vaccinated. Down. We're going to move to a situation where, to protect the health system, we're going to lock out people who are not vaccinated and can be. If you're making the choice not to get vaccinated, then you're making the wrong choice. You're making the wrong choice. And for safety's sake and for the back to that point about how much work our nurses have to do, as this becomes absolutely a pandemic of the unvaccinated and we open everything up, it's not going to be safe for people who are not vaccinated to be roaming around the place spreading the virus that's what they'll be that's what they'll be doing so there's every reason every reason uh, to get vaccinated and there are appointments available and there'll be even more appointments available throughout september october november let's get to those thresholds as fast as we possibly can but yes there's going to be a vaccinated so there we go this man literally is saying that there will be a vaccinated economy and you are unvaccinated you will be barred from participating in the economy. Again, look to Australia for what will be coming to America. And that sounds extreme, but so did vaccine passports a year ago. And Dr. Fauci told us those would never be a thing. And here we are. You know what else sounded extreme? Double masking, triple masking. We saw people do that. We saw people blindly listen to our government and give up their rights. And this is exactly where we are at now. And on top of all of this, the vaccine that they're pushing on all of us, okay? You can't even say on social media, and every single time I come on here, I do talk about how this is an unresearched liquid, if you will. I'm trying to circumvent as much as I can. And I risk my whole YouTube channel by saying that every single time, but it does need to be said. Why? Because we eventually, you know, as time goes on, see headlines just like this one. 
from yesterday. NIH orders $1.67 million study on how COVID-19 vaccine impacts menstrual cycle. The National Institute of Health has announced a $1.6 million study to investigate reports that suggest the COVID-19 vaccine may come with an unexpected impact on reproductive health. It's been a little over six months since the three COVID-19 vaccines in the U.S., Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, became widely available to adults. But even in the early days of the rollout, some women were noticing irregular periods following their shot, as first reported by the Lily in April. And then it goes on to talk about all of the women. And you know who has a great example of this and what women were experiencing post-jab is DC Drano on Instagram. On his Instagram story, he has archived because he asked women, hey, are you you experiencing an irregular period after the vaccine? And he got thousands and thousands of responses of women who were saying they haven't had their menstrual cycle in years. They already went through menopause and they were bleeding profusely. They didn't know what was going on. Some women were reporting that they couldn't stop bleeding and their menstrual cycles were absolutely insane. And so it's a good thing that six months after the rollout of this, now the NIH is deciding to actually, um, research how this is going to impact people long-term, specifically in regards to their reproduction and fer fertility. On top of that, we also have the Jerusalem Post saying over 2 billion people worldwide have been inoculated against COVID-19. Now Israeli researchers are trying to learn if mRNA vaccines are dangerous long-term. Don't you feel like that's something we should have done beforehand, before we kind of jabbed everybody with this? I, I Usually that's kind of how that works. To be quite honest with you, it kind of sounds like Joe Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yeah, we're going to take the most dangerous approach to this. And, uh, you know, uh, some people may die, but that's just a sacrifice that's going to have to happen and we're going to have to make. So there we go. Great. So now that this has already been unleashed on the public for the past six months, now the NIH and these Israeli researchers are going to research the long-term effects, guys. So um, if you've already gotten it and you don't know how it's going to affect you long-term, well, it's already, you know, flowing through your body. It's made its way through your entire system and we'll find out. So good luck. Insiders also reporting that uh, you aren't legally allowed to know which variant gave you COVID-19 in the U.S., even if it's Delta. And I mean, it's hard to keep track of all the variants that the media is unreleasing on or releasing on us every single day. So, I mean, I could see why. Uh, insider reports most people with COVID-19 in the U.S. are legally prevented from knowing which variant infected them. That's because sequencing tests have been federally approved for results to be disclosed to doctors or patients, and most are not yet. Lab scientists say the process of validating the test for approval is too costly and time-consuming. And then it goes on to talk about this man named Stan Ryder, who was a musician from San Francisco. He got a call from the California Department of Public Health in June. Though fully vaccinated, he had recently tested positive for COVID-19 after teaching music at a summer camp. And the health department asked him to take a second test. And he assumed it was because authorities wanted to find out if he had the Delta infection. He was curious too, but... When he got his test results back, he was surprised to learn that doctors couldn't give him any information about his variant. That's just, it's not baffling to me, to be quite honest. What's baffling to me is that the American public has access to these articles. They see these articles and they're still like, well, the Mu variant is getting released and it's in every single state but Nebraska. So we should probably listen to the government and continue to follow the scientists that can't even tell us which variant we've been infected with. And even though they can't tell us which variant we've been infected with, also the Delta variant is killing everybody. So, okay. Welcome to America in 2021. 
Now, this headline also came out from CBS News today as well, just to, again, really cherry on top of this entire just effed up situation. CBS News says patients have been forced to wait thousands of minutes in a rural Texas ER. We've never seen this ever. Thousands of minutes, guys. Thousands of minutes. Have y'all ever waited for thousands of minutes? Seems like a long time. Well, I actually read into this article, and apparently this woman needed to be transferred to a hospital that specialized in cancer in uh, Houston. She had to wait five days at this rural Texas ER. Five days. Okay, so they could have said several days. They could have said five days specifically because that's how long the woman in this article was, you know, said to have waited. But they went with thousands of minutes because that seems a lot scarier than saying several hours or five days, which again, too, I I would imagine that hospitals are pretty slow. I've been to hospitals myself. I've seen the way that they work. They are fairly slow. So is five days a long time frame? I don't know. Based off of the American, uh, you know, health system, leave in the comments and let me know. But that is the media. And and let's keep going and focusing on the media who is keeping us so, so infected with the real virus in this country, so sick with the real virus in this country that is infiltrating everybody's homes and everybody's bodies and everybody's spirits. And that is fear. Okay. That's the real virus here. Mother Jones came out with this article today that says anti-vaxxers have a dangerous theory called natural immunity. And now it's going mainstream. Uh, guys, I, it's just, it's a theory. Natural immunity is a theory, okay? And it's dangerous and it's going mainstream. So if people are telling you that you have an immune system and, you know, you can, you know, get natural immunity from getting a virus and then getting over it and, you know, you'd have the antibodies, that's, that's not true. Your body doesn't have that. So please listen to the media. Remember what Brian Stelter said. You need to listen to the media. We need to listen to what we have to say. And natural immunity is, again, now a dangerous theory. So please fall in line and remember what's actually going on in this country. We are trying to keep you safe. So please get your triple vaccination and we'll give you free donuts. Okay? Please do not do your own research. Don't take horse dewormer because that's what ivermectin is. If you take it, you will verifiably turn into a horse, okay? So please, just everybody listen to the media. Gosh, guys, it's it's very simple. I really need you to do this. Oh, yeah, and remember that story, too, from the Rolling Stone that has since been widely debunked about ivermectin or and um, how patients were overdosing on that and they were backing up rural Oklahoma hospitals and gunshot victims couldn't even get a bed because they were so overwhelmed. As you guys can see here, Rachel Maddow of MSNBC, let's see how many followers she has because her tweet about this, which is misinformation at this point, is still up. To her 10.5 million followers, this disinformation is still up on her page. Um, Update on that story. So apparently the police chief of the city where this happened in, the Sequoia County Sheriff, where the ivermectin story began, described that the story is ridiculous and gave the the statistics on gunshot victims there this year. Update, I managed to touch base with Sequoia County Sheriff Larry Lane Jr. today. Yes, I heard that ridiculous story as well. He told me about the ivermectin piece. Other than one shooting victim that died, there has only been one other gunshot victim in our county 
so far this year. He was treated at our hospital and released, and there is no wait time at all. And that is from the article, The Oklahoma Ivermectin Story, a case study in post-journalism from the Inquirer. And uh, there you go. You had somebody go out and do actual journalism and go talk to people that live in the city. And he found out from the local sheriff, yeah, there have been two gunshot victims. So uh, kind of impossible for that to happen, but that story's already been circulated and every single liberal who latched onto it is going to use the Rolling Stone piece because we all know that they're not going to go back and read the retraction as a way to fearmonger and scare everyone into being more afraid of everything in society. Now, the reason why I got so upset about the mom whose 13-year-old died is because I also read this story today and It really, really infuriated me. This is from the New York Post. Teacher accused of taping a face mask on a humiliated nine-year-old student. Now let's go ahead and read into what life has been like for students as well in this country who forget to put their face mask on. Because this little nine-year-old boy wasn't trying to protest. He wasn't trying to be mean. He was simply getting up to get a drink of water and he forgot his face mask. So instead of telling him to put it back on, his female teacher pulled him up to the front of the classroom, taped the mask across the top of his face, his distraught mother claimed, adding that this caused the boy's classmates to burst out laughing, and the educator educator also reportedly slapped a second layer of adhesive to the top of the boy's forehead. And apparently, once this was found out, the boy was saying that this had happened five other times, and the reason why this teacher was found out was because another student had tape on his forehead. So this teacher was doing this to multiple children, humiliating them in front of the classroom because they forgot to put a face mask on to get up and get a drink of water. So... That's why I get pissed off when I hear these unhealthy parents calling for these mandates on our children to lock them back down, to put face masks on them, because this is the type of environment that they're being put into. And it's extremely unhealthy to the development of our children, to their psyche even. And it's so unfair that we're doing this to nine-year-old little kids. So just, again, a, a subtle reminder for you guys of what's going on here. Now, things aren't all doom and gloom. And again, back to what I had said at the start of this show, things do not have to be this way. As soon as the American people decide to say lockdowns are over, face masks are done. If everybody tomorrow in an airport, let's say here in Texas, right? If everybody in the entire airport or everybody on a plane decided to take their face masks off all at once, what do you think would happen? Do you think that they would all get arrested? Do you think that the police would just go in there and start blindly firing tear gas because people are in there without face masks on? No. I walk through every single airport that I have traveled, you know, all across the country in without a face mask. No one has ever come up to me. No one has ever arrested me. No one has even told me to put a face mask on. It is very dehumanizing and I get quite pissed off because people will look at me like I have a suicide vest strapped to my body because I had the audacity to breathe raw air. But I don't care about that. It does sometimes frustrate me. But if someone has the audacity to lock eye contact with me, they'll know not to make a comment because they know I'll talk back and they don't. But when the American people decide this is over, then it will be over, as we are seeing in some, you know, some local schools here. I'm not sure where in America this is or which school this is, but let me go ahead and play you this quick video to show you guys an example of how the American people can take back the rights for themselves and for their children. 
If you don't want to go in, you don't have to. What if they do? I'm not. I'm not going to force anybody. I'm not putting masks on anybody. That's not my job. The order. So they can go in without the mask. This is a county health department order. Okay. And a policy of the school. Right. That if the anybody that's going to go in. They got to have a mask. No there is no policy. I'm not arguing. Okay, Thank so you. You, they can go in, guys. They can go, go in. They can go, they can go, go in. in. Go on in, guys. Go in. Go All right, so to my podcast listeners as well, what is happening right now is on screen. We have students walking into their school and there's cheers erupting as they're walking in without their face masks and their parents are telling them, be kind, be compassionate, but go into your school without your face mask. And we can see here dozens of students walking into their school without their face masks, with all of their parents going and cheering them on because they stood up for their right to breathe freely. So again, another example and testament to us soon as the American people are done with this nonsense, they won't have to live with it anymore. Now, I will try to find updates on, again, which school this was at and what happened to the students, because we don't know. Maybe the students ended up getting kicked out. But every single time I've decided to break the rules in this country, because we are living through a period of time now where you have to break the rules, okay? You have to break the rules if you ever want to get your freedoms back. The government is not going to give them back to you willingly. So you've got to break some rules. This place says you got to wear a face mask. Don't wear one. See what happens. Nothing's going to happen. They say they're going to arrest you. They're not going to arrest you. And again, I do this myself personally. I literally put on my Instagram live. Hey, I'm at an airport in Jacksonville. I'm really nervous because several different of my friends have told me that this airport is extremely strict. And when I first walked in there too, a woman came up to me and was like, hey, they're really strict here. Put a face mask on. They will, they'll, they'll find you. They'll try to arrest you. And as soon as I got to the airport, I was like, nah, I'm not doing this. I put the face mask on for like two seconds to get through TSA. And then I was like, bye. I didn't get arrested. No one said anything to me. I got a couple of dirty looks. But again, going back to my original point, it's time to break the rules because the rules that are being set by the government are unconstitutional. And we are taught ever since we are young children to obey the rules and to obey authority. But now as an adult, I realize that I've only gotten to where I've gotten to in life and I have been most successful by breaking the rules. And I've gotten my freedoms back over the past two years by breaking the rules. I never wore a face mask through this entire pandemic. I never got vaccinated and I never social distanced. I somehow didn't get COVID. I guess it's a miracle from God and I, I should feel very blessed for that. But there we guys, there you guys go. Break the rules, damn it. Just break the rules. Especially too, because we're living through again a period of time where essentially the people who escaped from the insane asylum are running things. And that's why we see tweets like this from from Noah Smith, who is a Bloomberg opinion writer, conservatives regularly freak out about the idea of trans men being pregnant. But like, what if we had the technology to implant uteruses in cis men and let them bear children? Wouldn't that be cool? And wouldn't many do it? These are the questions that are being posed because these are the legitimate paths and the legitimate way that science is headed. And also people in this country are so insane that if you say that only women can get periods, you are labeled a bigot. Uh, I was reading this story as well from this woman who lives in 
Scotland, and they're threatening to take away her law degree right now because she said that only women have vaginas. So we're essentially living through an episode of South Park, which really sucks, but here we are. And uh, also, too, to give you guys a quick update on Ted Wheeler, let's do a quick news blitz here, who said that he wasn't going to be doing business with Texas because we follow science here in Texas and we realize that a baby at conception is a human life and should not be aborted. And we try to protect the innocent here. Well, Portland, Ted Wheeler specifically and the city council were like, we're not doing business with Texas anymore. That's just absolutely abhorrent to force women who decided to have sex to not murder their children. So we just can't do business with Texas. Well, Mayor Ted Wheeler tweeted this out today. City Council is working together to best understand the impact of the emergency resolution regarding our business with Texas. We decided to postpone this item so City Council can work together to best understand the impact of this important decision. Interesting. And then the top comment on this tweet is, say you need Texas oil and gas without saying you need Texas oil and gas. So there you guys go. All of these threats from liberals are so empty, just like Bette Midler, who said, women don't have sex until Congress gives you the right to abortion. Great. Don't have sex. Congratulations. You literally are owning yourself with that. You're giving the right exactly what we want. No more innocent baby slaughtered. So congratulations. You actually agree with us. Great. We're all on the same page. And Ted Wheeler, don't do business with Texas. Your entire state is failed and disgusting. It would just be better if y'all just kind of went away. Just go away. And uh, we'll end the broadcast tonight on a happy note. On top of the heartbeat bill being passed in Texas, on top of constitutional carry being passed in Texas, Greg Abbott yesterday also voted into law the new election integrity bill. And these are the seven major changes that are going to be made because of this bill. There's going to be a ban on 24-hour voting. There's going to be a ban on drive-through voting, new vote-by-mail ID mandates, bans officials from mailing unsolicited mail-in ballots, applications. It empowers poll watchers and it um, has new requirements for assisting voters. Basically, they will be required to fill out a document showing their name, address, and relationship to the person they helped cast the ballot to keep people from being influenced by the person filling out their ballot. There will also be monthly voter roll checks. So great. We have election integrity in Texas. I absolutely love to see it. And, you know, I did a broadcast, a show a couple weeks back saying, is Texas over? Is this the end for Texas? Is it dead? And I will fully retract my statement and say I was wrong on that one. I guess Texas is mildly headed in the right direction. I still feel like we could get Greg Abbott out for sure. But I'm really happy with constitutional carry, the heartbeat bill, and this new election integrity bill that Democrats tried so, so hard to throw a tantrum over to get stopped. But uh, they failed, just like they fail with everything else in their life. Look at every single city that's Democrat-run. Failed state. Anyways, y'all, that is the... News for today and my latest episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you all for sticking with me as we got into all of that and we just rapid fired through all of the news and articles and videos from today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please remember you can also find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you can find your podcast. Please go leave me a five-star review. We're trying to get up in the charts as well as going to savsaysofficial.com. If I ever get censored off of YouTube, you can always find all of my work over there on top of research pages that I have. A lot of the uh, articles and videos that I've researched, I put into research pages for you guys. So you guys always have access to everything that I am looking at and you guys can make arguments and you know, do your own research yourself. So go check that out. And finally, my PayPal link is down below if you'd like to donate. Uh, I appreciate you guys always supporting me. Thank you so much. And uh, remember to go to preparewithsavsays.com for 25% off your four-week or three-month food supply product I use myself 
world is getting crazy. Couldn't hurt to stock up on some emergency food. All right, y'all, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire.